Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now. New plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now. 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. And the Garden Wise Guys are back for the following hour coming up between this hour and 9 o'clock in the morning when uh, we will have to get kicked out of here and we won't be able to talk anymore. I'm Jim Boyler, one of the Wise Guys, and the other one is Keith Funk. He's on hiatus uh, this week. He'll be back next week uh, with, I'm sure, interesting things to talk about, whatever he's discovered over the past now. Oh, one, two, three, that'll be almost a month, I think four weeks. No, that's no. Wait a minute. He was here while I was gone, so I'm sorry. It's not. It's not been that long f- for him. So it'll be two weeks, I think, for him that he hasn't been here. All right. Uh, having said all of that, uh, give me a call here at three zero three four seven seven twenty four seventy three, and we'll talk about whatever it is you want to talk about, as long as it has something to do with plants. It doesn't have to be plant per se. It can be. As we had the first caller of the of the morning, what was talking about snow and and uh, water content of the snow, which is of course is important, considering that uh, plants need water to live. So um, so give us a call here, and I'd love to talk to you about that and anything else you want to talk about, as long as it isn't about car engines and uh, computers. Neither which of which I have very much experience with. One of which I don't want any experience with, but I am forced with to have some experience with it anyway. Uh, so give us a call, and uh, we'll talk about that s- sort of thing. In case you're keeping track, sunrise this morning was at 721, and that is now coming earlier and earlier. Thank goodness. Sunset at 453. Record high temperature for this date, 69 degrees. That happened in 1956. Record low, minus 19. That's in 1886. That still puts us within... Uh, zone 5 cold hardiness rating. And that will take you down to minus 20 degrees Fahrenheit. That happened, like I said, in 1886. That's a difference of 88 degrees. Record high and record low temperature. So on any particular date, um, and certainly in the months, certainly in the winter months, we can have a wide swing of temperatures between record high and record low temperatures which is part and parcel of why it's so difficult to grow things here in Colorado. And that's just one of the features. The other one I mentioned earlier is that the, the uh, every, I think all the lands east of the foothills and the Rocky Mountains, at least the lower elevations, is in officially severe drought. And that means that uh, you and I are going to have to supply all the water to the landscape. Now, I know... I know that um, um, in various landscapes, certainly around where I live, that some people uh, have not, and for whatever reason, don't want to water their trees. And they, I know some have not been watered in two years, and these are big trees that are typically not dryland trees by any means. And I'm left wondering, why are they still alive? Where are they getting this water? Because we're not getting enough snow. We're not getting enough rain to, to 
to keep them alive. And in several cases, I am now beginning to note that they are starting to die from the top down, and that's typically the way that happens. You'll see dead limbs in the top of the tree, and that's usually an indication um, it's not getting enough water. So if your tree looks like that, hard to tell right now this time of year, but when the trees start leafing out in the spring, uh, stand back and take a look at the top of your tree. Are they, are they green all the way to the tippy top, or do you have some dead branches up at the top? All right, having said that, why, uh, our, caller, our caller of the hour is on line two, and that would be Paniotti Kelides. Good morning, Paniotti. Well, hi there, uh, Jim. It's How been a while. Well, it's been a little too long, yes. It has indeed. But this is Paniotti, who's a senior cur curator and director of outreach at the Denver Botanic Gardens, who wants to bring to us um, something I've not heard before, and that's sort of like an all-day Zoom meeting. Can you tell us about that? Well, I know people have been Zooming a lot, but uh, I happen to be, in addition to working at Denver Botanic Gardens, I'm the president of the North American Rock Garden Society. Believe it or not, there's uh, many thousands of people around North America and around the world who uh, are, are passionate about growing little plants in rocky habitats, and uh, it's a pretty um, sophisticated group. You all can check it out on nargs.org. We have... Uh, we had an annual meeting in, in uh, Durango this past summer with over around 200 people who were involved in that, you know, had signed up for that. And uh, we do meetings all over. We're going to do one in New York this year. At any rate, um, we used to have uh, a winter study weekend where everybody would get together. And, and when COVID came across along, we realized that wasn't such a good idea. Uh, and so we inaugurated a series of, of uh, webinars where we get experts from all over the world. Sometimes we've gotten them from Europe, and we're going to have some Europeans uh, speaking at one in a month from now from about um, um, uh, meadows, which uh, actually I'm, I'm going to probably call you up on that as well. But the one I'm uh, calling you about right now is this is the first time ever we're going to be talking about hardy succulents that you can grow in, in rock gardens and in, in, in outside and uh, I think we have six speakers from around uh, uh, all corners of North America who will be talking about how they grow uh, succulents in uh, um, Michigan, uh, in uh, Vancouver, uh, 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 British Columbia, uh, in Georgia, uh, the southeast, and, uh, and, and some people in, the, in coastal California, and, you know, a few others. And it's going to actually be... Uh, uh, coordinated by a fellow here in Denver named uh, Rod Haney, who's uh, the vice president of the Cactus and Succulent Society of America. So if, if anybody has interest, and not just in a cactus, of course, but in, in, in sedums, but there's a whole lot of other plants like our hardy uh, ice plants that I've been associated with for a long time. Um, all these people will be talking about their strategies of how to grow these plants in uh, habitats that are sometimes very different. They aren't. Arizona, it's not Texas, it's, uh, uh, it's the southeast where they have humidity, or Michigan where they get a lot of rain. So uh, we, we in Colorado can learn from all that, and of course, uh, Rod, who is from Colorado, will be coordinating the whole thing. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping that some of your um, our listeners will sign up. Um, it, the webinar costs $25, and, uh, but that's if you're a member of the Rock Garden Society. If you're not a member of the Rock Garden Society, uh, the membership uh, is uh, $40, I believe, or uh, uh, yeah, it's $40. But you can get a break uh, if you sign up. Uh, you can get um, uh, 
a bundled, uh, the whole thing bundled membership and a registration. Uh, and it will be at a, at, a, at a better rate. So you have to look on the website to find that. But uh, I, after talking about it all this time, I want to say that we are going to offer two uh, registrations to your listeners if they can uh, complete a little challenge that you're going to present <laughs> to them. All right. So, okay. So I, that's that, offer, yeah, that sounds good. Feel. Now, how can people, um, I guess the proper term here is sign up for, for this, uh, this event? Well, uh, the, the way you sign up is all you have to do is you go on our website, which is very easy to access. It's N-A-R-G-S dot org. So it's uh, just North American Rock Garden Society, N-A-R-G-S dot org. If you just click on that, you'll see the banner uh, that shows up. You just click on that. The banner is for this webinar uh, today. So you can still, um, it'll be next uh, Saturday. So uh that banner will be up all week, so um, um, the banners do change, but it takes it a few a few seconds, so you have plenty of time to click on the banner, and then that you'll get the whole information right there, a description of all the talks, and, and I think it's going to be pretty, uh, uh, I'm looking forward to it. As a matter of fact, I'm going to get a little cameo in it, because one of the talks of the lady who does the, 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 the hypertufa containers, that can, turned out to be much faster than they thought, so I'm going to do a little cameo talking about uh, some really spectacular, uh, hardy succulent sites in your, in Europe that I've seen. Well, great. I, I, I kind of like your idea of calling this whole, whole society is growing little plants in rocky areas. That kind of, <laughs> that kind of sums the whole thing up right there. I think that sums it up pretty well. Don't you yeah. Think? I, and I like the, you know, little plants, if it's little plants, it's, it's a candidate for being a rock garden plant. I don't care what part of the world it comes from. Um, well, to, to, tell, to tell the truth, I, I've, I've uh, been a part of this society for almost 50 years, and I've seen a lot of the gardens. And most of the gardens around the country look an awful lot like your Colorado Zarescapes that many of your listeners have. Sure. Uh, they're not, they don't all have little plants. They grow bigger plants. <laughs> and yes. many of these succulents will be bigger as well. So we're not real purists. I, I and thank you for for covering that and and if anybody has a question why give us a call here or call in uh, um, and, and we'll and try to answer this these questions uh, I wish I want if you would like if you would uh, talk a little bit about your trip to South America of late and specifically one of my new best plants in the world and that's these rosulet violas oh that's well, uh, I have to say that, uh, uh, you know, some of your listeners who know about me know that I, I, I like to travel, and I've been very privileged at Denver Botanic Gardens. I've led uh, quite a few tours all over the world, but I've also done uh, research uh, tours. This trip to South America was kind of a, a fluke. I, because of COVID, I missed out on a, an opportunity to go to China in 2020 and also to go to Central Asia. I had an expedition that was all lined up for collecting plants there, and both of those were delayed. And there, hopefully, I'll be able to still do those. But uh, an opportunity came to go to uh, uh, to South America with some friends of mine, so I hopped on it, and we went to um, the province called Neuquén, which is, I would say, that's the province. If you want to see the Andes, that's the, the best place to go, because that's the Lake District of South America, and uh, there's a lot of uh, resorts that are a little bit like Vale or Aspen only not nearly as developed. They're more like uh, Vail or Aspen would have been you know, like 30 or 40 years ago. They're, they're kind of 
they're, they're actually really nice. <laughs> they're not over touristic. And we stayed at uh, four, five of these resorts in the foothills of the Andes. And they all had gorgeous lakes and spectacular volcanoes. And we went on these hikes. And that is the area where these rosulite violets are concentrated. And the rosulite violets look kind of like hens and chicks, uh, a lot like a hen and chick. They're succulents, and, and may, they might even be brought up in this seminar, although people, very few people have successfully grown them yet. That was part of the reason we went. And we saw about 10 different kinds, and they grow in the most amazing habitats. Some of them are alpine. Some of them are, are plants that grow in dry meadows in, in the steppe. And uh, they are gorgeous, and they, they are violets. They're a form of violet, but it's one that has evolved to grow in these high Andean uh, uh, areas. And they come in all colors. There's, uh, 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 there's a brilliant yellow one, orange. Uh, most of them are purple, of course, like most violets are pink, but they have a lot of interesting uh, you know, colors. But the rosettes can be amazing. Well, I, yeah, I'm, and, I'm going to advise everybody, uh, once the show's over today, go on, go on the Internet and just type in Rosulet Violas. That's R-O-S-U-L-A-T-E, Violas, or Violets. It'll get you there. And uh, and look at the images. You'll be amazed. Yeah. Uh, they are the ultimate for uh, the rock gardeners. I would say that is the, uh, the, the culmination of if you could have successfully grow one uh, to bloom. And uh, dozens of people have succeeded from... Uh, I know people in California, some people here in the United States have done it. Uh, quite a few people in, in Netherlands and in England have done them. And it, that's kind of like if you've done that, you, you, you might as well retire. <laughs> if they can do it. I in, have not done it, by the way. <laughs> if they've done it in, in Europe, uh, I mean, it's going to be significantly easier for us to do it here, I would think. Yeah, that's what we think. We're, we're hoping. So uh, at any rate, uh, I have grown them up to a certain size, but... I've lost them along the way, so I need to get some seed to you, Jim, and you, and you can <laughs> yeah. you can crank about it. Your yeah, well, I I got a long history of killing plants, so so, so send them <laughs> along. You bet. <laughs> I want to thank you, Paniotti, for for calling in and telling us about this this Zoom meeting coming up. Oh, it's uh, I always think a treat. Good, I, yeah. I, you know, I love you guys. I've been listening for thirty years, so it's been about that. I think. Well, it, we started our twenty eighth year uh, in January, so. Almost 30. Well, I've been listening to you before that. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's, and, and me, you as well. So, <laughs> Great, great. I great. think you and I go back well, course, now over 40 years. That is. And, yeah. I, and I've treasured every minute. <laughs> and, with, and with Dorothy as well, she's there too, I think. Well, no, she's not here today. She was plan, planning on being in, and at the last minute she decided that, you know, I'm really coming down with a cold. I probably shouldn't be spreading this stuff around. So anyway, oh, okay. no. Well, but I, I'll give her my. I'll give her your best when, when I get home. Please and, do. And thank you very much for all this information. And uh, we're going to have a little contest. It's going to be very, very easy. And I'm going to send you uh, the names and uh, phone numbers. Is that what you need? That's that's what we need. And, okay. Uh, and we'll arrange for uh, to have at least two of your listeners join us. All right. That sounds very good. Again, thank you very much for calling in today. It's always a pleasure. Thank all right. You. Thanks, Panetta. You bet. All right, there you go. That's Panayoti from the Denver Botanic Gardens talking about this. Uh, calls it a webinar. I call it a Zoom meeting. Uh, in any event, uh, uh, there's some special things you need to do to get along and, and or get online and and uh, and call this thing up so you can listen to these people from from the various parts of this country and Canada as well talking about cactus and succulents. 
uh, as companionity said, little plants in rocky areas, although some of these cactus and succulents are not really so little. I have a couple of cactus in my front yard. They're well over six feet tall, so not really a classic um, rock garden plant, but, you know, every, every big rock garden is going to have some bigger plants in it. All right, let's see. Having said that, where was I going to go? Oh, okay, here's the contest. We're going to keep this easy here. Uh, the next two people who will call in with the right answer, uh, and here's the question. Name me two succulents. We all know about cactus, but I don't know that succulents are as well known as, as the cactus. So if you can name me two succulents, and uh, your name will will go into the hopper here, and uh, Panayeti will make arrangements for you to attend, if that's the proper word, attend these, this, uh, this Zoom meeting, this webinar. Uh, on the 15th is when that's going to occur. I think it's next Saturday. Yeah. Let's see. 8 and 7 is 15. Yeah. There we go. And uh, so... Uh, and having said that, we have someone online already. Is that Jackie? Oh, it's Michael. I'm sorry. Michael, are you there? I am here, yeah. Okay, before we go anywhere, can you name me two succulents? I'm just cringing because my mind's blank here. Um, <laughs> you know, after we hang up, I'll think of ten. But, I, yeah, I, I can't. I can't do it. Oh, okay. Well, um, maybe you can call up after our next couple of callers here and, uh, and think, of, uh, think of two. And by that time, perhaps uh, I don't have enough answers yet. Well, uh, So okay. what did you want to talk about today? Well, first of all, I think I have a couple of ice plants with Pan- Paniotti's name on them. Um, uh, yes, you probably do. He's developed some stuff, yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah, I think one of them's called P.K., well, P-E- no, no. I think it's, I think it's spelled a P E A K A Y or something. Oh, some oh, sure, thing. yeah. Uh, his, his, his initial, sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to talk about Mexican feather grass and ephedra, two plants that I don't know if you have or not, but I, I can't decide if I really like them that much. I, I like the Mexican feather grass; it adds nice uh, texture to the garden and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you agree, or do you think it's a Oh, uh, yes. We're talking about this grass that has very, very fine, I'll call it seed heads or, or flu, uh, fluores- uh, inflorescences on them. Is right. that right? Yeah, yeah. It looks, it looks very feathery, yeah. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've grown that in our garden, and uh, uh, after a couple of years, I got rid of it. Uh, only because I found it starting to spread all around, and although I do like it, I didn't like it that much. I'm big, I exactly agree. It's uh, well. Anyway, I saw something on a YouTube thing about it. It says you should prune it back about now. Um, yeah, it's a what they call a warm season grass, and that is, you know, once we have frost, it it essentially dies to the ground. And at that time, if you want, and you want to prevent these seeds from blowing all over the place, uh, you can cut it off and uh, put the tops in your compost pile or in the trash or someplace. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I try to just dig up the ones that come up where I don't want them. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's kind of hard to keep up with. But <laughs> it, uh, it, so you it, found out. <laughs> yeah. It does look kind of cool in some places. Uh, you know. Okay. Well, thanks for that. And the ephedra. Yeah, uh, a, a neighbor gave me that years ago, twenty or thirty years ago. You know which one it is? Oh, rats! Oh, uh, blue stem 
something or other? Would uh, it be, uh, I'm going to give you the scientific name, ec, uh, Ephedra equisetina. And yeah, I, well, I don't remember what the common name of that is. But it was okay. a plant select ephedra. And what is your comment about it? Well, again, I don't. I like it because it's such an unusual plant. It doesn't need water, apparently. Yeah. Um, you know, but it is getting kind of invasive, too. Okay, so that is uh, Ephedra equisetina. That's the one that Plant Select promoted some years ago now. Yeah. Yes, well, and it spreads uh, it spreads underground. Yeah. Uh, blue stem joint fur is which one. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that'll be a good name for it, sure. Okay. Well, uh, and you, you can't prune it. I had to uh, <laughs> use the electric hedge trimmer to come out and just, because it was just falling on other plants. And, yes. Uh, it's a tough. Yes, tough I, I'm currently taking a garden spade to it. Uh, yeah. I, I don't want to get rid of it, but it's spreading so far and so fast that I'm just going to have to, you know, dig out all the suckers coming up. Around it, huh? Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. having said that, uh, that's the nature of this particular beast. But there are other blue stem ephedras out there. We have a native one called Ephedra toriana or tori ephedra. It also is blue stemmed. It does not spread underground like this. Uh-huh. It's a little bit hard. It's going to be difficult to find. You're going to have to search the Internet to find out who has this. And yeah, if, I don't and, know if I, I'm sorry. I don't uh, think I want to venture into a new one. Okay. <laughs> now, if you if you really fall in love with ephedras, uh, the world is full of them. They're, they're, I probably have over a dozen in my front yard, some wow. of which spread underground and others that do not. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, we're sort of in the same boat, and kind of feel the same way about these two yeah. things. So, yeah. yeah. Um, one more quick one. Sure. About uh, dahlias. Uh, I, I always plant a dozen or so and dig them up and just store them. Uh, you know, over the winter I lose a couple. They shrivel up. But, sure. Uh, I, I just stick them in a big box with and then fill it with sphagnum. Yeah, and, that'll work. Uh-huh. And, yeah, and leave it in a cool spot. You know, exactly. Exactly. degree. Yeah, but this year I rinsed them all off and put them in the shade, and they just shriveled in a week. They were done, all of them. I, I wonder what I did wrong. Maybe I shouldn't rinse them off. Or uh, yeah, I don't think I would. No, I I don't know why rinsing them off would have that kind of an effect on it. But typically, I don't know that people do that. They shake all the dirt off, of course, and store them just as you described in uh, in peat moss. Uh, you know, a layer at a time with peat moss in between. Uh-huh. And, and I typically do this in a cardboard box that's lined with plastic. Put the okay. peat moss in, layer in the dahlias, and more peat moss, another layer of dahlias. And then I take the rest of that plastic and just loosely, I mean loosely, just fold it over the top and put it in a, a cool place for the wintertime. Okay. Just to save the moisture they have. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. there's a danger of putting too much moisture in there over the winter, and so I would yeah, just I, very, very lightly dampen the the peat moss. Okay. Yeah, I've had a couple rot. Yeah, I, I, yeah. With yeah. that, there's still going to be some that rot anyway. That seems yeah. to be yeah. Well, uh, great. That 
that takes care of money. Oh, and by the way, with dahlias and having mentioning that, uh, I, I I'm not I, I don't know. If, are you familiar with the seed grown dahlias that no, you that not. you can get as bedding plants? Now these are much oh. shorter dahlias, you know, a foot tall or so, um, and just loaded with flowers all summer long. Uh, and I don't know that most people know that you can dig those in the fall, too, because over the summer they will have formed tubers that you can save up for the next year. And they start from seed? Is that- yes, they're started from seed. And you can, well, you can do that yourself, of course, if you can find some dahlia seed. I'll look into that. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, Happy New Year. Well, and, same uh, to you as well. Yeah, thanks. You bet. Thanks, thanks for, for giving us a call here. We appreciate yeah, it. All Yeah. All right. Having said that, we're going to take a little break and come back after that and go out with, I have on the board here, a Jackie and a Margaret. And uh, more people, if you want to give us a call at 303-477-2473. And by the way, the people on their line right now, uh, we're going to ask you to name two succulents if you want to partake into this webinar Zoom meeting coming up next Saturday. So having said all of that, let's get out of here so we can get back right here on Legends 810. Spring is the time for seeds. Every botanical interest seed packet is designed to help gardeners succeed. Featuring gorgeous botanical artist renderings of each variety, each packet includes extensive horticultural information, but also includes really cool stuff like the history of the plant, recipes, and tips on keeping your cut flowers and harvested vegetables fresh. On a regular basis, a horticulturist reviews each seed packet to give practical organic gardening recommendations that you can use in your garden to be successful. These seed packets also help answer quick questions on the front and back while shopping, such as if it's organic, size of plant, when to sow, and more. Seed packets by gardeners for gardeners. Botanical Interest Seed is available at your favorite independent garden retailer. It's time to fall in love all over again. Valentine's Day is Monday, February 14th. At Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center, we deliver romance. Surprise her at work on Friday and impress her coworkers, or start the weekend off with a special delivery at home for the weekend celebration. We have just the thing to take her breath away. Send beautiful roses in shades of red and pink or a colorful spring mix of garden flowers. It's easy to give a gift of nature. Order online at www.lafayetteflorist.com and see all of our Valentine specials. Call us and speak with one of our floral specialists or stop by. We're open daily. Spread the love. Don't forget a friendly bouquet for Valentine's Day or a special floral hug for your mom and something for him. Choose a masculine floral bouquet or a houseplant for his desk. Guys love flowers too. Lafayette Florist is your one-stop Valentine's Day shop. Add a finishing touch with balloons, plush bears, and gourmet chocolates. We deliver next door and all around the world. Order now to reserve your Valentine's Day flowers. Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center, located at 600 South Public Road in the heart of Lafayette. Contact us at 303-665-5555 or www.lafayetteflorist.com and we'll help you express your love. Happiness guaranteed. All right, we are back here on Legends 18, taking your phone calls. And I believe, is it Margaret that's up next, Sean? Okay, if you can, bring her up. And Margaret, good morning. Oh, I'm sorry, Jackie. (laughs) Your name's not Margaret, it's Jackie. Are you there, Jackie? I am here. I'm listening. All right. Did you want to partake in this contest? 
you know what? I have Zoom and I don't have a very good track record together, so I'll <laughs> I'll leave it for somebody who's really okay. I understand it, fully. It's just succulents. <laughs> I I mean I like them, but I I think it would be nice for somebody who really wants to. Do okay. That. So, I did want to tell you. You asked about people things people brought in. I brought in a lantana, and it's doing beautifully in my kitchen window. Uh, it was such a pretty plant. I mean, I got it like at King Supers. You know, uh-huh. It was sitting outside for a while, but it's blooming and blooming, and it's it's so pretty. I just hated to leave it to freeze outside, so I figured, uh, you know, why not bring it in, and it's doing beautifully. Well, congratulations. That's not the easiest plant to overwinter. Um, really? Yeah, well, it seems to like really nice, warm temperatures and really strong sunlight. Well, I guess that's probably what it's getting because Good. It faces, it's the window is southwest yeah and, and are you are you thinking perhaps of pruning it back a bit before next summer or what oh sure okay. well a- anything that that has already bloomed I yeah i used to used to grow those in a greenhouse I actually used to grow them on a standard train the stem straight up in the air and then uh, oh. Cause it to to branch out, you know, forming a a ball of lantana flowers on the top of the stem, and I would try to keep them over the winter. And I found that pruning them, they don't seem to know how to grow, uh, because <laughs> you prune them one way, and they seem to want to grow entirely a different way. Well, so, this isn't huge. It's it's in a hanging basket type. Okay. of but that's about the size of the. Yeah, I I uh, and again, you haven't asked me, but I I guess I'm going to tell you anyway. I I don't know if I would prune it real hard. I'd probably do some tip pruning on it uh, before next summer. And if it, uh, if it survives that long. Well, let's. Of course, it's going to. But it it's kind of pretty to have something inside. Well, which that, what what color is this one? It's. It's shades of rust. Oh, that's one of my favorite colors. Kind of yellow yeah. and, and different, you know, darker rust and kind of reddish. Have you found that each flower uh, changes color as it ages? Yes. Yeah. Come out yellow and then turn that rusty red color. Yeah, I, I well, love that. I'll try anything inside, you know. <laughs> okay. But, but I also have uh, um, a manzanilla. Uh, uh, Mandavia. Oh, and how's that doing? Well, it it was blooming for quite a while. It it was not a very big plant. I bought it pretty small, but it's good size. But mm-hmm. I, I just would like it to live to live <clears throat> through, through the through the winter. I think that's what most of us hope for is just to keep it alive over the winter. Yeah, it bloomed yeah. for quite a while, but right now it's not blooming. It's facing also. It's facing south. Yeah, I I find that those those can be difficult to overwinter as well. It's just you know, it's hard to give them enough light. Is that what it is? Yeah. They well, so far, so far, it looks very good. It just isn't blooming. I must say, when they first became popular, I was a little surprised that people grow them in containers outdoors in full sunlight, uh, sun up to sundown, and they seem to love it. Yeah. Well, it's fun to grow these things, and I, I have to tell you, I have a neighbor who has been growing a gardenia successfully inside, and it blooms. At which I was never able to do. I've yeah, tried I, it. I, I hate people like that. Yeah, well, she brought me a flower. So. Oh, there you go. <laughs> my favorite flower. Oh, isn't that wonderful? It even keeps smelling even after it's gone brown. Well, I tried it with, with a fan and a humidifier and God knows what. Yeah, I, I know. 
I, 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 you know, kudos to her for succeeding with it indoors. Yeah, I'll tell her. Good. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. I, I'll, right. leave, I'll leave the prize for somebody All else. All right. Well, thank you it. very much. Appreciate that. All right, Jim. All Thanks. Right. Let's, let's go out, if we can, uh, Sean, to the next caller. Maybe we'll have a winner there. And that that will, that's the Margaret I wanted. Good morning, Margaret. Good morning. How are you? And what do you think are the two succulents? Okay, I'm going to say sedum. Okay. And aloe. I'll take both of those. Yay! Yay! I and love sedum. Okay. I, I'm so looking forward to it. All That'll right. Be great. And before we let you go here today, I'm going to let Sean uh, get your name and phone number so those arrangements can be made for you to sign up for this Zoom thing. Thank you. So have you ever much. done Have you ever done a Zoom meeting? Absolutely. Okay. I'm in the Garden Club down in Douglas County, and that's what we've done through COVID. Oh, good. Then you know how to, how all that works then. Yes, I'm really looking forward to Excellent. it. Excellent. So thank you. All right. Now, what is your question? Okay, so I have a quick question. When you were talking about bananas, uh huh. Um, so often I can only find dull bananas, but if I find a Chiquita banana, honestly, I think it tastes so much better than a dull banana. So what are the what's the difference between those two? Well, uh, let me tell you that over the decades, because uh, I like bananas, uh, both of those companies, let's uh, just say Dole Company, Chiquita, yeah, that's a company, uh, have changed their species of bananas over the years, due mostly because of diseases that gets into a particular variety that they can't grow anymore, so they switch over to another variety. Wow. Let so me ask you this. This is a curious thing I found. Uh, when, I w- when I was a kid, you could take a banana in your hand and just snap the top right over and peel it. Have you're not you, supposed to do that. Have you, <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to open them from the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's the first time I've ever heard that, and that's going to be a, a, a totally <laughs> different conversation. <laughs> the bananas today, you take the top and you bend it, and it just bends. It doesn't snap open. Have you right. noticed that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and so I take a little knife and just make a notch in there, then it snaps open. Right. Yep, that is the trick. And did you know, and you didn't ask me any of this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Did you know that you can take that banana and take a knife and cut down between the ridges? Only, you know, only enough to go beneath the skin and do that all the way around the, pana- uh, <laughs> the banana. And then, uh-huh. pe- and then peel it. And if you do it that way, what comes off with the peel are all the strings. Really? Yes. Okay, I'm going to the store, and we're going to have a banana split night. There you go. Here. And there's another trick, too. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? This one's a little messier. You cut the top off the banana, and then you peel it any way you want to, and take your finger and force it down through the middle of the banana. And you'll see that the banana separates into equal portions. And I forget the numbers, like four, five, six portions. It's kind of weird. Really? Yeah, weird. So now you you need to get two bananas now. I have a busy day ahead. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And if you ruin it, you know, you just save them in the refrigerator and then make banana cream pie. <laughs> okay, that sounds great. I'm going to try that. Okay, you had a question. Did you ask your question already? I forgot. Uh, 
it was about the bananas. Oh, okay. Yeah, I... <laughs> I'm not surprised that two different companies had two different bananas. And yes, both of those bananas have names. And no, I don't know which what the names are of any of them. Uh, I do like the Chiquita banana much better than a Dole banana. Yeah, you, you might find something online, but my guess is they're not going to tell you. It's going to be a clumpy of a trade secret. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay, so I'll stay in oh, the line. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah stay in the line, and uh, there we go. Sean's ready to take your, your name and phone number. Appreciate it. Okay, thanks very much. All right, thank Have you, Margaret. Good day. You bet. Bye. Happy New Year to you. All right, and if, Sean, if you can do two things at once, can you bring up the next one? And that'll be, I'm going to say it's Carol. Is it Carol out hi. there? Hi. Yes, it's hi. <laughs> hi. Did I miss the contest? No, you didn't. You have to name two different ones, though. And if you name oh. the same ones that have already been named, we'll, we'll just ignore that and then let you name some more. Oh, uh, well, a stone crop is one yes. that I thought, and then, um, of course, my, of course, my favorite ice plant. There you go. Red spinner. <laughs> Did you know? Were you listening earlier that you can eat red sprint red? <laughs> Red spin, fire spinner. That's the name of it. Red, a fire spinner. Oh, that's right. Fire spinner. Yeah, you can eat them. The uh, the petals. Yeah, no, the, the whole plant. The whole plant. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> kind of weird, isn't it? I don't. Have you eaten one? I yet? I just learned about this uh, like last week or so. Oh. I'm a little oh. surprised that as long as we've been growing them, that nobody's bothered tasting them. That's right. Yeah. But apparently, someone has and said, "Yeah, they're they're quite delicious. They're they're kind of acidy. Um, you know, it's like what he says. I think of sorrel, uh, which I used to chew on out in the garden. It's a weed. Um, oh, well, like oh, rhubarb. Yeah. You know, acidy, kind of like rhubarb. Yeah, rhubarb. Yeah. Rhubarb. Yeah. Yeah, because I plan to plant some succulents. I'm, we're having our front lawn taken out, and we're just going to do. Um, a lot of plant select plants. Oh, good. Yes. Is, is your aim so, to, to is your aim to grow uh, a garden without water, or doesn't that matter so much for you? Well, mostly a garden without lawn to water. Um, oh, okay. And I, I like to use you know plant select plants because once they're established, they need very little water. Yeah. So I do plan to, I do go to their website and research a lot of plants good there because um, I like the blonde ambition I like the ice plants yes um, I like the hummingbird plant in, uh-huh. and the um, oh what was that one that I did last year that the caterpillars eat um, uh, I'm trying to think what that might what kind of caterpillars milkweed. oh milkweed like okay milkweed. sure sure do the deer eat milkweed no they typically leave it alone Okay. Yeah, anything that has latex in it, deer don't like. Okay. Because one of my milkweed plants just died, and I don't know, could it, could you overwater a milkweed? Yeah, yeah, you, well, yes, you probably can. You can overwater, overwater probably anything, but uh, don't, don't give up yet. Sometimes they die down and they leave a, a, I'm going to call it a tuber in the ground. That'll come up next spring. Yeah, it died back and then it came back. And then, because I didn't. I didn't give it a lot of water because I'm trying to get them established. But then it sort of jumped under the fence and went into the greenbelt area, <laughs> <laughs> which 
I'm sort of happy about. Yeah. You know, I'd like to see some in the green belt <laughs> behind our house. <laughs> now, do you know, I, I, I kind of lost track of, of plants, select plants. There have been so many of them now. Do you know which, uh, I, uh, which milkweed it is? Oh, it, it seems to have a little, an orange-type flower. Oh, okay. That would be, um, they call that butter. no, I want to say butterfly milkweed. Yeah, it's it's an orange um, flower. Yeah, it it shouldn't really travel underground that much. I know, it, it, and then it did come up, a, you know, about a foot away from okay. where the original one was. Sure, it's fine. Yeah, if you like that um, a lot, it also the, it also comes in yellow. Was, okay, so keep yeah, an eye out for that. Orangey yellow, yeah. Okay, and. Okay, yeah, I really like it. I want to put that in the front yard. And also. I'm I'm fully expecting not too far in the future there will be a red one as well. Oh, that would be good. Yeah, yeah. I really like them. Yeah. Yeah, they're 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 good plants. They they uh, and they all are fragrant. By the way, all the milkweeds are fragrant, and there are lots of yeah, them I out there. Yeah, I notice that. Yeah, you have to get your nose pretty close, but make pretty sure close. That, yeah, yeah, make sure there's not a bee in there first. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's true. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, All right. Thank you. you bet. Okay. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. And don't okay. go any. Don't go anywhere. Sean has to get your phone number and uh, and your name. And, okay. Great. Yeah. All right, Sean. Are you ready to take down the phone number? Yeah. He gave me a thumbs up. So hang in there. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk okay. to you later. All righty. All right, uh, I've lost complete track of whether or not we have to take a break. and We do have to take a break, so if Sean could do three things at once, we're going to have him do that. And we'll be back right after this on Legends 810. Plants in general are good for the soul, and many studies show people are healthier and happier when surrounded by plants. You will find a nice selection of house plants and some great pots to add interest to your decor at Jared's Nursery and Garden Center. House plants not only add beauty to your living space, they make it healthier by removing toxins and pollutants from the air in your home. Spider plants, philodendron, dracaena, and peace lilies are just some of the common plants that can be great air purifiers. If you're having trouble with existing plants, the staff at Jared's can help you determine the problem and recommend a solution. Maybe the only good thing about COVID is that it resulted in many new gardeners. Jared's has a great selection of seeds, including heirloom and many unusual varieties of flowers and vegetables, tomatoes, peppers, sunflowers, zinnias, and others. Check out their website, jaredsgarden.com, for classes beginning February 5th to help as you plan for spring. Jared's Nursery and Garden Center is located on West Bulls Avenue between Kipling and Sims. Winter hours are 9 to 5, 7 days a week. They thank you for your support in 2021 and look forward to serving you in 2022. Call into the Fix It Show with your questions about your home, Saturday morning at 9.30. Specializing in heating and cooling problems, legendary hosts Deborah and Adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live, interactive Fix It Show, helping your home weather Colorado's unique climate and temperature swings. You have questions, they have answers. Call into the Fix It Show every Saturday morning from 9.30 to 10.30 on Legends. And we are back taking your phone calls at 303-477-2473. Right now we have empty lines. I don't like to see that, so give me a call here shortly, and we'll discuss whatever it is that you want to discuss. We've got two contest winners, so we're not looking for anything more from that at the current time. 
Um, what else? What else do we have here? I haven't found any new Echinacea cultivars. No new ones. So we're going to start off this year with 742 Echinacea cultivars or selections, if you will. Uh, those are those are coneflowers, and we all know of this thing called purple coneflower. That's one of them. There's eight or nine species altogether, and they're all found in this country and nowhere else in the world. And various species have been crossed with one another and uh, come up with uh, purple coneflowers that are no longer purple. They have many, many shades of red, uh, many shades of yellow, uh, oranges in between, and I think that fairly well covers the field. Of course, the, when I say red, uh, did I say red ones? They have all kinds of red ones of various shades uh, all the way into pinks. Uh, oh, and whites. I forgot to mention that. There are white ones out there. Uh, and now green ones as well. Now, I kind of wondered, would I grow a garden with green flowers? I mean, I got lots of leaves. Do I need more green? Well, they, as it turns out, green flowers work out very well in floral arrangements. And, uh, and those people like those kinds of things as well. Uh, if you have grown a lot of uh, cone flowers, well, I, I'd like to know what your experience is. Have you succeeded with all of them? Are they, as they tout them as being as drought tolerant? Uh, we think not here on this end of the, of the uh, microphone. Except for one, and that's Echinacea angustifolia. That one is a native to Colorado. It's the only native uh, Echinacea, and it grows out on the eastern plains. I've never seen it out in the wild. <clears throat> the one place I knew where it used to grow, it has been, as they say in the in the industry, it's been extirpated, which means it's been eliminated in that one spot. But apparently it's still out there on the plains. So uh, if you run across Echinacea angustifolia seed, you can grow it from seed. They're pretty easy, easy to grow from seed. You can uh, plan on putting that in your xeriscape garden and probably never have to water it again once you get it established. And there are many other plants like that as well. All right, I have a color on the board. I'm going to say it's, it, oh, it's Mordecai. <laughs> Good morning, Mordecai. Oh, we're going to take a little second before we bring up Mordecai, who is, who is the, the main guy with stump removal and daughter. And uh, we're going to see what he has to say this morning. Okay, there he is. Good morning, Mordecai. <laughs> I now know more about bananas than I ever want to know. <laughs> but, uh, well, yeah, stay tuned. There's more to learn. Oh, my God. I can't imagine there is. <laughs> well, you must uh, try that trick of cutting down in between the ridges. Oh. Yeah, you got to try that. See, but, and I love the fact that you think I'm allowed anything sharp. <laughs> as long as you don't run with them. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. That's okay. Absolutely. And what can we do for you today? Yeah, I have a question about box elder bugs. Okay. Uh, okay, specifically about the box elder tree. The, the thing that I've noticed and, and my customers notice is these bugs know how to get deep into the house. Yes. Do they have thumbs? Well, I, th I think that aspect of them is instrumental in that it means you have openings into your house. 
that yeah. must be must be closed off. Well, I saw one in a building we were working on. It was on a Segway and just going through the whole house. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, they, you're right. They do have a way of getting into the house. <laughs> but they're, they're just one of the more benign. They don't really do any damage. No, they don't do any. They're not looking for anything except shelter for the winter. That's all they're looking for. Okay. Yeah, and I use your dust buster. You can just vacuum them up. That's kind of what I thought because occasionally we get people calling and they want to have a box elder tree taken out, and uh, and it's usually a, a healthy tree, but it's a, usually the bug now. Um, <coughs> just, does the box elder bug have a symbiotic relationship with the tree? I think it affects that tree and no other species of tree, is, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Well, they go. They they do uh, nest in some some ash um, ash trees, but it's but it's predominantly uh, box elder trees, and, and and it's not a particularly popular uh, big growing tree in this. In no, this it's typically considered to be a, a weed tree. Okay. Yeah, they they you know they the the seeds blow in from all over the place. There used to be a lot more than than there are today. Yeah, but and there are and there are selections of box elder, uh, mostly oh. mostly for the young stems. Uh, I know a couple that are really quite purple colored in about this time of year. Okay, well, it's a, I, I like the tree itself, but uh, I, I did some research on the on the box elder bug and the. I didn't see that they were symbiotic, but, but no. they don't invade anything else, or they no, uh, not really. You'll see them congregating in other places, but I, again, I think they're just looking for shelter. Yeah, no, I've I've seen a big like a swarm of them. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah ladybugs, ladybugs do that too. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I just had always wondered about the symbiotic relationship, so. But uh, I'll go and write some notes out on that, and then please give us more about bananas if you have. I will. <laughs> okay. Thank give you. Me, you bet, and Happy New Year, Mordecai. Talk to you soon. All right, you bet. Thanks again. There's Mordecai from uh, uh, Stump Removal and Daughter. Not talking about Stump Removal and Daughters today at all, but just about uh, box elder bugs. Yeah, they do have a way of, of finding a way into the house. Uh, like I said, if they're finding their way in, that means you've got heat going out. So you want to find out all those cracks and crevices and get them patched up. All right. Uh, we have, uh, I think, about 10 minutes left on the hour. And as I see on my screen, we have Pat in Arvada who has a question. Are you Hi. there, Pat? Hi. Um, I, you guys were talking about coneflowers. Last year, I was just simply looking for the um, the purple ones. And I looked high and low, and I... I really had a time trying to find them when i was walking out of uh, home depot and uh, after asking the supplier there do you have any here she says oh no we don't i looked down and here was some massive ones um and of course then i picked them up they weren't well watered and i had to get them home and water. Uh, oh surprise <laughs> yeah that's just amazing i'd have never thought it but um <laughs> so um now that you're talking about the coneflowers in different colors specifically orange or whatever, mm-hmm. um, where in the heck would you get your hands on these? <clears throat> They're all going to be available in garden centers and probably, well, on online, of course. You can get oh, any any number of 100 species. I'm sorry, 100 selections or more. 
But uh, the rest are going to be in garden centers, and they they should be there first part of spring. Well, the the problem I had with that is when I would call and ask, and they'd say, "Oh yes, we have uh, purple ones," and and I would say, "Well, how big are they?" Oh, they're about uh, eight inches tall. Well, I wanted some that were you know really well established. Oh, oh th- yeah, I, that's boy. It's hard to say who's going to have what sizes of what. Uh, this you mentioned something that's going to change every year, and because it's such a popular item, it's going to change throughout the summer as they get new new shipments in. Do you would you say any one particular garden center who would be likely? Would it be Nix or? Um, I'm probably more familiar with Nix than I am with other garden centers, uh, mostly because of this darn COVID thing. But uh, they usually have a good selection of uh, coneflowers. And I might add, I have seen some two-gallon uh, cone flowers, you know, much larger plants. Oh, yeah, this, that's probably what I had uh, was a two-gallon with yeah. what I ended up buying. And they, they were nice. I mean, big and nice. But, yeah, I just, uh, and I'll go to Nick's, but they're very far from me. I'm clear up on 88th and uh, Wadsworth. Oh, yeah, you're quite a ways up. What's your closest garden center up there? Well, would be Front Range up on Old Wadsworth. Okay, yeah. They're getting uh, expensive more than anybody. You know, everybody's getting expensive with plants these days. I don't think there's any exceptions anymore. O'Toole's is another one, and I like the one on Colfax a lot. Uh, yes, and there's one up, there's an old tool that you probably know on North Wadsworth. That's the one that I go okay, to. Okay, yeah. The one on Colfax even more. Uh, I find that uh, the one up north doesn't have as many plants as, as other O'Toole's. I think you're right. Uh, the one that seems to have the most plants of anything is the one down our way here off of uh, off of Bellevue. Oh. And if you're going there, you might as well go out to Nick's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I might also mention that my uh, uh, nice little son uh, patients are doing really Oh, great. excellent. And uh, that was just because now I have the right, uh, using the right soil. But one of those and the easiest ones to grow I've found were the lilac ones. And those are my favorite anyway. So, oh, good, uh, good. I have one that's about six inches tall. It's got seven flowers on it. Super. Yeah, you, you, yeah if you grow enough plants over, over the decades, you'll find that within a certain plant group, one of them seems to uh, perform a lot better than all the rest. Well, even even the ones that the scarlet ones who have two leaves on them will pop up a flower, yeah. and you're thinking it's on its way out. And here's a flower. Yeah, I know, I know. A lot of that has to do with day length, with with you know, how long you you keep the days on our lights on them. Well, yeah, I just they sure did a turnaround this year. I was happy. If I'd have known that, I'd have done ninety like I did last oh. year. We lost them all. <laughs> Well, it, let's hope they grow well for you because you can do cuttings off of those. Yeah, I was wondering if I dare do. <laughs> yeah, and, and the, well, years and years past, uh, people used to do those just by taking cuttings and stick them in water. Maybe I maybe I should try that. I was just so thankful that anything was looking good. I was scared to death to get a scissors out. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear that you're doing so well with them because if you're doing well, then maybe some other people can try that as well. Oh yeah, as long as you get the right soil and yeah, yeah, that was my problem right there. Yeah, it's it it, it can be kind of tricky. Um, it'd be nice to have one soil for everything, and uh, 
It just isn't possible sometimes. Well, that's uh, the indoor soil from Actors is in the bag is what I bought. Okay. And, uh, so I will do that again since it works so well. Excellent. And, yeah, and then use my green bucks to buy more. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, uh, that's all I have to say. Well, I appreciate your call this morning, Pat, and a Happy New Year oh, to you. You too. <clears throat> and okay. uh, keep us abreast of, uh, of how, how things are going for you. I will. I'll let you know what I have to end up planting at this season's end. For the beginning of it, I guess. Well, excellent. And, and at some point, you know, add up what, what how much money you're saving by growing them yourself. Oh, I should. Yeah, yeah. You'll feel good about it. I'll bet. Okay, all right. Well, thank you for the You bet. Answers. Thank you, Pat. Appreciate it. Happy New Year to you. All right, you too. All righty. Bye-bye. That's going to about wrap up the show here, so I've been told. So I'm going to thank everybody right now for sticking with us for all these years. I don't know that we've had any have anybody that's been sticking with us for all 27 years, but if you have, thank you very much. We certainly appreciate that. Um, in the meantime, let me tell everybody that uh, you should be keeping your shovel sharp, and if you haven't done it yet, you get a little bit of time before spring rolls around. Uh, be careful where you dibble. Pat knows that, and other people know that as well. So we're going to be back next weekend with more of this kind of talk here on Legends 810. And if you uh, want to hear this again uh, tomorrow, 6 to 8 p.m., they're going to repeat everything that I just said today, in case you didn't you want to hear my melodious voice once again. So again, thank everybody for listening to the show and participating. We appreciate that. And uh, we'll see you next week right here on Legends A10.